Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I am your host, Deb Maisner, registered nurse, health coach, and alcohol-free badass. Today is a solo episode, and it is about building your sober toolkit. And I asked this question in some Facebook groups, like, what's in your sober toolkit? And I was, I was thinking of it literally, like building a literal toolkit, a physical thing. And I got a lot of answers that were more kind of metaphorically. So I, I think I'm going to start with the physical sober toolkit before I talk about other tools. And the reason why is because I've heard so many times that when five o'clock rolls around, all those tools and ideas and books that you read and podcasts that you listen to, it's all out the window. Um, so I want you to build an actual physical toolkit full of things you can use to help when you are having a craving, tools that can help you stay sober. So what you're going to do is get yourself a nice box or maybe it's an area of your house or a drawer. Maybe you have a sober drawer um, and you're going to fill it with some physical items. And we're going to talk about those different items. And they will be there so that you can go to them when you're feeling a craving or you're feeling stressed out or you're just feeling like drinking. I'm going to give you a few items to put in this sober toolkit. So one is a notebook or journal. You can write whatever you want in there. But one idea is to keep a record of those moments when you have a craving. It can help to figure out like what's so upsetting, what's triggering about a particular situation so that you can come up with a solution that fits. So you can go ahead and write, when you're feeling this, write the date and time, write the description of the craving, write a description of your mood and how happy you are on a scale of one to 10, like with 10 being your happiest ever. And then you can write like how stressed you are on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being your most stressed ever. And write like what led to the craving. What's been going on? What were your first thoughts and feelings at the start of the craving? What was the situation? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling excited? What are you physically feeling? Do you have a racing pulse? Are you actually hungry? Are you feeling anger? Are you feeling loneliness? Are you feeling boredom? Are you tired? And write down some things you can do instead of drinking your feelings. Really think about what can I do instead of having a drink? And write that down. And so later, since you've been keeping this, this kind of journal, um, you can look back and you can reflect and see what was going on, how well you handled the situation, and, and you can figure out what are all your major causes of cravings. And that way you're going to be more prepared for when these different events come up and you'll be more prepared to cope with it. So that's just one way to use the notebook or journal. You can use it however you want, uh, but some people have found that very, very helpful. Another thing to put in your toolkit is something to smell. So fragrances are actually shown to help us relax and be in the moment. And one of those fragrances is lavender. And that has been shown to lower the level of stress hormones in our body. And so you could have lavender, but maybe you don't like lavender. You can put other scented things in your toolbox. Some other soothing scents are ginger, jasmine, 
pine, rosemary, and some citrus scents like lemons, oranges, and grapefruit. And you can have that in the form of an essential oil or a lotion or maybe one of those little packets, maybe like a little potpourri. You can have that in your toolkit and it just gives you something to smell. Another item would be like a toy for an adult, which sounds weird. (laughs) But I'm talking more like a stress ball uh, or their stress putty. You can get one of those fidget those remember when the fidget tools oh my gosh my kids were so into them but they have like these little fidget things you can hold and just keep you occupied you can have one of those little zen gardens that it's like a little box and it has sand in it and has a tiny little rake you can have one of those in there so just something that you can physically feel um and keep you occupied Another thing people like to have in their sober toolkit is a list of whys. So writing down all the reasons you're not drinking and all the reasons that alcohol is not serving you. You could write it on a card so that you have it in there and you can just pick it up and read it. Or, you know, use your journal and write down all your whys again. You can also journal, um, use the decisional balance toolkit when you're journaling. So That's the cost-benefit analysis, so all the pros of drinking and all the cons of drinking and all the pros of not drinking and all the cons of not drinking. And sometimes for people, just writing that out can be so helpful. Another thing, just to go back to the whole journaling thing, I've heard it described like a math problem. So unless you're a rain man, Uh, probably not doing a lot of complicated math problems just in your head, like long division. So what you typically have to do to work out the problem is write it down. And that's kind of how journaling can work for some people, is just getting it out of your head and onto the paper. All right, back to your toolkit. I took a little sidebar there. Food. Y'all know I'm big on food and eating. So there's no no coincidence that when you have low blood sugar, when you're hungry, you are more likely to drink. You just have more cravings. And people who are heavy drinkers have lower blood sugar. So I always advise keep that belly full, eat, eat whatever you want. Like your focus is just on not drinking. So have some candy in there, have some dark chocolate, have some Skittles, put some trail mix in there. Just something that's like non-perishable so that you always have it in your toolbox and just make sure you eat. And for a lot of people, that can do the trick. Another item in your toolbox is to have something to look at, like an actual picture. Um, So you could have pictures of nature scenes, which have actually been shown to reduce stress because it helps us calm down when we're looking at nature, when we're looking at scenery, and actually... Being able to see a vista, like seeing the ocean or being on the top of a mountain and being able to see all down below you has been shown to reduce stress as well. So if you had some like pictures of scenery, like national park postcards, or maybe you have a nature themed picture book or or something in there where you're actually looking at scenery, that can help reduce your stress. You could have some some coloring books. Remember when coloring books were so big, adult coloring books? 
we'll throw those in there. Have some coloring books in there. Have some nice markers or pens or pencils. Just something you can physically do with your hands and look at and use color. That can be really helpful. You could have a kaleidoscope in there. Just really tap into your childhood. Have a kaleidoscope. Look at those beautiful colors. And that's just another way to get lost in the moment. And then finally, something you can have in your actual toolkit are grounding objects. So those are special mementos that you can hold. And that might be like a stone or a bracelet or maybe it's a little figurine. It, it, it should be something that has meaning for you that you can pick up and hold. And a lot of people find even carrying a grounding object with them can be really helpful when they're trying to cut back on drinking and they're having a lot of cravings. So those, that's the physical sober toolkit. Uh, you can put whatever you want in it. You could have one for your car. I know you're not always at home. Um, so it's just an idea to have something physical you can go to when all those ideas and books and all the stuff you've been taught just goes out the window. But I did just want to touch on some of the other options for just like your metaphorical sober toolkit. I would be remiss if I didn't cover that. So some of the things that just are so helpful for people when they're quitting drinking is to have some kind of mindfulness guided meditation. You can have an app on your phone. You can go to YouTube, find a ton of them for free. Uh, A lot of people go to yoga. That is very helpful and grounding. You can have a tracker. So an actual tracker of tracking your, your days without drinking. You can use an app. I had I had used one called I Am Sober. Another app is Drink Less, and it just tracks your non-drinking days. You can also just track them on a calendar, however you want. Uh, having an accountability buddy can be really helpful. You can find that person in a group or online, or maybe it's a friend that knows that this is something you're going through, and they can be helpful for you. You can have a support group that needs to be in your sober toolbox. So whether that's AA or Smart Recovery or Dharma Recovery, any group, maybe it's just Facebook, maybe it's Sober Instagram, just having some kind of group of people that have the same goals that you do to not drink. Quit Lit Books, always in the Sober Toolkit. I have a whole list on my website just under alcohol tipping point slash quitlet if you want to find some quitlet books. Those can be really helpful for people just kind of always be reading about it uh, so that it's always on your mind. You can write down your plan for not drinking. You listen to podcasts like this one, like Sober Powered, like Sober Awkward, like Recovery Elevator. There's a whole bunch of podcasts now that are super helpful for people. Having alcohol-free drink alternatives, that should be in your toolbox if that's something that's not triggering for you. So that can be the NA beers, the non-alcohol wines, having mocktail recipes, those kinds of things. Um, And then some out-of-the-box suggestions are, these are just kind of random suggestions, but they came up in the last week, so I really want to share them. One is putting yourself to bed early. Like really early, like my sister. (laughs) I wonder if she's listening to this podcast. Probably not. 
But she goes to bed. Well, she starts putting herself to bed at like 6.30 and is in bed as early as 7. I'm not kidding you, 45-year-old woman. Um, But honestly, when you are trying not to drink and your drinking triggers happen at the end of the day, this can be so helpful. So brush your teeth, put on your pajamas, climb into that bed, read a book, watch TV, whatever. But most people aren't drinking in bed. So this can be really helpful and it shifts your routine. So this is um, the next point. You're basically shifting your days to start early, like at 5 a.m. And so that goes along with option number one, right? Usually don't drink in the morning and the cravings come on at night. So limit that time. If you can do that, do it. Uh, Another thing you can do is change up your usual nighttime environment. So if you're usually sitting in the same spot drinking, don't sit there. If making dinner in your kitchen is when you usually drink, Get takeout or have someone else cook or make your dinner in the morning since you're getting up so early. Those are just some interesting techniques to help with your drinking cravings and to help you when you're starting out not drinking and and just an idea to have in your sober toolkit. So I wanted to throw those out there. And then I wanted to end uh, with some great words of advice from Smart recovery facilitator Jim Dickey, he was on our episode 42 to talk about smart recovery. And he had just such insightful info to share about the toolkit that I thought I'd read it. And so what he says is, in the past, I've used two strategies after reminding myself that all cravings are temporary and most are experienced for only a brief period of time. One strategy is running away from the craving and the other is running towards or confronting the craving. So running away from the craving consists of distractions like taking a walk, talking to a friend, attending a meeting, exercise, music, reading, filling out a hierarchy of values worksheet, keeping my mind occupied with thoughts other than my anxiety provoking or cravings inducing thoughts. In my mind, count silently to 30 and then start again over and over until my anxiety or cravings subside. Keeping singing a song in my mind nonstop until the anxiety goes down backwards. (laughs) Count down backwards from 100s by 7s. Imagine myself in a quiet, beautiful place. Snap a rubber band I've been wearing on my wrist. Observe and describe my environment people, objects, sounds, smells, and so on. Do this in great detail using the five five senses. Use coping thoughts. For example, this is just an uncomfortable feeling. It won't last forever. Or I have survived this situation before. And personify the craving by making it my enemy or by making it ridiculous. My craving talks to me like porky pig. Rain technique, which is Tara Brock's recognize, allow, investigate, nurture, or Michelle McDonald's recognition of what's going on, acceptance of the experience just as it is, interest in what is happening, and non identification to depersonalize the experience. So you're mentally detaching from the craving by imagining yourself floating above your body and looking down at yourself. 
and floating you is at peace while the you down below is the one feeling the craving. So those were all techniques to run away from the craving, which again were, were distractions. The other technique is running towards or confronting the craving. And these include greet the craving. Hello, old adversary. We meet again. You are powerless to do anything to me. You are just a temporary feeling and I am in control of my behavior. And then ask yourself, what triggered this craving? Or understanding and manipulating the craving. Identify the physical feeling of the craving and where you feel it. Then practice slow, deep breathing with your belly, not your chest, for as long as you need until your anxiety and tension goes down and you notice that the uncomfortable feelings in your body have lessened. And then, if possible, walk out into the sunlight. And try reminding yourself that when you resist a craving, you're training your brain to not expect some kind of reward when it creates a craving. Don't fool yourself into thinking that triggers make you drink or use. A trigger just wakes up the addicted area of your brain, which will then cause you to experience craving in the hopes of getting a reward. If you don't reward it, you're sticking needles into the heart of the addiction and it will soon die. So thank you, Jim, for that. Very, very helpful. Um, Very, very helpful tips about cravings. And it's true what Jim says. A craving is temporary. All feelings are temporary. They will all pass. Joy, sadness, desire, everything is temporary. And when you can manage your feelings, then you can manage anything. And I do like to remind people too, your feelings won't kill you. They may feel like it, but they won't. And you are stronger than this and you are stronger than your cravings. So I hope that this sober toolkit really helps you all out. If you have things in your toolkit, either physical or metaphorical, that you have found helpful, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at deb at alcoholtippingpoint.com. Hope you found this helpful. I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast, share it with other people so it can help them too. And I want to thank you very, very much for listening. Hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.